You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters. Why everything is a matter of theology. My name is Chris. I am your host. Uh, And in case you forgot, I won't let you forget. Matter of Theology is a podcast production that seeks to apply biblical truth to all areas of life, whether that be cultural, social, or life inside the church. Uh, And we are a part of the Bar Podcast Network, the Biblical and Reformed Podcast Network headed up by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Dwayne Atkinson. Uh, and so before we get cranking into today's content, I wanted to uh, remind you of a couple of things, uh, depending on when you listen to this episode. Um, first and foremost, I wanted to remind you, if you didn't already know, our fellow podcast brethren and friends, uh, Mr. Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker of the Just Thinking Podcast, have their first of three books coming out with Founders Press very, very soon. Uh, The first book, Just Thinking About the State, is slated to be released on August 31st, 2021. Uh, You can pre-order now. So depending on when you listen to this, it may already be out. You may have already read it. If you have, thank you very much. Um, And uh, make sure you leave some some glowing reviews for those guys. This book has a foreword written by Dr. John MacArthur. Uh, Amazing foreword, by the way. Let me just say that. Uh, and it can be, like I said, pre-ordered. Now I will put the link to the pre-order in the show notes. Uh, so you guys can do that. And then also, again, as of the recording of this episode right now, we are 50 days away from the 2021 G3 national conference in Atlanta, Georgia. So, uh, from what I am being told by the executive director of operations, and of course that is Mr. Virgil Walker, the XO as we're calling him, um, that this is very close to selling out 6,000 plus people, uh, gathered in Atlanta to study and listen to this study, the doctrine of Christ. You do not want to miss it. Uh, So again, depending on when you uh, listen to this episode, you may have already missed it. You may have been there, Um, but I just wanted to remind everybody about that. All right. So uh, in this episode uh, of Matter of Theology, this is episode number six of season two. I know five, episode five of season two. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I am joined by my brother, my friend, and the founder of Matter of Theology, Mr. Drew Vonita. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? How you doing, buddy? Uh, You know. I'm all right. Had to had to come over to my mom's house because she has a uh, internet, <laughs> and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew, Drew's in the process of moving, yeah. uh, and so while he's doing that, he is living with his in laws, and and yeah, they don't have internet. They don't. Man, kicking it old school, like for real old school. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, well, bro, we're so glad. I'm so glad um, that that you that you came on, and I know that uh, as you and I talk every day, literally. Um, you know, the, the content that we're going to get into and what we're going to be discussing today is something that, uh, unfortunately and fortunately is near and dear to our hearts. Um, and as far as getting into that, um, I I wanted to start by asking a question and 
this is a question that anyone who, who does a podcast or um, anyone who deals with any aspect of false teaching, false teachers, and or a leader who is exhibiting traits or fruits that in no way, shape, or form reflects the heart of Christ. When, when pointing that out, when exposing that, there's a question um, that, that needs to come up, that you need to filter uh, yourself. You know, you, you really do. You need to ask yourself this question, and here it is. What is the goal? What is the goal? Is the goal strictly to tear down? Is the goal to create division? Is the goal uh, a, an agenda? Um, is the goal your own victimization and continuing to, to, to capitalize on what's happened to you um, and what you've experienced? Or is the goal to warn? Is the goal to equip or prepare? Is the goal the glory of Christ? Is the goal truly, honestly, and humbly for the edification and admonishment of the bride of Christ? And if so, is your approach one of humility, holiness, regulated wholly by the holy word of God? So I, I say all that to lay some very important but quick groundwork as the topic of our discussion on this episode of Matter of Theology is based on a recent podcast that has been produced by Christianity Today entitled The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Uh, and as of the recording of this episode, there are seven episodes available uh, to which both Drew and I have listened to each one of them uh, multiple times. Um, and, and this podcast is hosted by Mike Cosper. It can be found anywhere you consume podcast content. In fact, what I'll do is, is put a link to the podcast in the show notes so that you can check it out. Um, so, bro, I just wanted to kick us off, man, and just kick it over to you, man. What, what were some of your initial thoughts in listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Yeah. So, uh, you know, definitely, you know, I listened to every, every episode. Uh, and then, but before I kind of made my own judgment call, I listened to them again. Right. You know, um, and, and I would encourage everyone to go listen. I, I think it's a must listen yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. To, to these episodes. I, you know, the production value is, is, is top notch. Um, and at first when, when it came out, I thought it was something that they were making for TV, you know, um, just the way it was done. And then they turned it into a podcast, but right. you know, my initial thoughts from, from listening to it is obviously it's Christianity today. Right. 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 So, so we know going into it, right. We're not surprised that there's a progressive Christianity, liberalism, left-leaning bent. Like we're not Definitely. surprised by that. We, we know that. Right. Um, so, but, but one of the things that did kind of strike me as odd was uh, an entity like Christianity today that, you know, has it in its title, Christianity, right? They're approaching something like this from a, not really a biblical worldview. Right uh, at all. There is there's there's no Bible in it, and one that was the immediate thing that kind of struck out to me or stuck out to me was that was the lack of Bible. Yeah. Uh, because because as they're going through these things and they're asking these questions, I'm going, okay, all of this can be answered if you go to to the Bible, can go right. to the scriptures. Right. Um. So and I know we're going to get into some of that. But another thing that really, really struck out to me and really gave me goosebumps was I was as I'm listening to these episodes and especially the last one that just came out yeah. it came out yesterday. Right. Uh, it, 
what uh august 10th right yep. so we're recording yep. this august 11th it yep. came out august 10th yep and, and you know what struck me was the similarities between the church that you and i uh attended the church where you and i met you know? yeah yeah the church uh, where matter of theology started yeah that's right so the podcast just, anyway yeah so just the similarities between leadership some of the people involved uh just things that happened uh i'm it, it just it punched me in the gut and it gave me goosebumps how same, same. how similar uh some of these things are so those were my, those were kind of my initial thoughts yeah yeah and i had you know i i'd seen um uh and and if, if you guys are listening and you don't know i probably should have done a better job of uh describing what this podcast is about if you're unfamiliar with it um, but, but this is a podcast again, entitled the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And it, it's, a, it's a, it's a docu documentary like a, type yeah, it's like a docu series. Yeah. Like a docu series type deal on, uh, uh, exactly what it says, the rise and fall of Mars Hill church. Now Mars Hill church was a church that was based in Seattle, uh, that was, uh, founded and, and started and led by Mark Driscoll. Um, and, and so the, the, the podcast documents, uh, a lot of the major issues, um, that you saw coming from Mars Hill, from Mark Driscoll, um, uh, and, 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 and there are a lot of them, there are a lot of them and, and brother, I, you know, I, I had seen, you know, our, our former co-host Josh, uh, Loftless, um, uh, current host of the reformatory, he had been posting some stuff on the socials, uh, about it and, 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 and I, had, I had seen it and, and been curious, um, but, but, but to be honest, just kind of avoided it. Um, and, and I avoided it because, but because of what you and I have been through and, and because of the things that we experienced and, um, and to be honest, I'm like, I, I just, I just, I don't want to listen to it. And then, um, the episode that caught me though, that made me go, okay, I, I need to listen to this um was uh and i'm pulling it up right now what, what wasn't the latest one the latest one uh, episode seven is a uh, state of emergency uh it was episode five the things we do to women mm -hmm. that yeah. uh that 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 uh we had some i had you know you and i have a mutual friend uh that i saw her posting on on, on instagram about it and and i was like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go check this out and and i did and and it was uh i was blown away um, I agree with you. It's Christianity today. Um, you would think that, and this is something, again, these are all, you, everybody right now is kind of getting a peek behind the curtain because we've already talked about a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's no Bible. Right. I mean, it wasn't until this episode, this latest episode, episode seven, that, that the people doing the podcast of so Cosper and Christianity today even referenced a passage of scripture. Um, and, 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 in the previous episodes, the only people to do that were, was, or only person really was Driscoll through the previous <laughs> sermons and stuff like that. I mean, again, to be honest, there was, and I told this, I, I said this to you, there was more profanity that, that, than, than anything prophetic that came from scripture, right. Um, coming from again, the makers of, of the podcast. And so you're absolutely right. There's a liberal bent. And, and of course, Christianity today, uh, you know, you've got Russell, uh, Russell Moore's over there and, and he's, you know, public theologian for Christianity today is, is the latest title that he's been given. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's a theologian of something, but it's not a, now, not a now to, to be fair. Also, you know, we're only halfway through the series. Correct. Correct. And so, so it could be, 
and, and this could be a Christianity Today thing, you know, where because uh, it's something that they would do, right? They get to the very end right. and then they say, you know, we have resources to deal with this, this and this, and you know, right. that right. take scripture. So, but but the pro the the main problem that I see, and and if you do that, if that's their thing, then then that's their thing, right? They're waiting until the end to do that, but. If you're going through this series and you're asking what leads people to do this, right. the answers are in scripture. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then the yeah. solution is in scripture, right? There, right? Right, right. Well, it, I, I agree. It's it, it's interesting to me because it's like, you know, you, you're having this conversation and you're pointing out these things. And let, let me be very, very clear. Um, I, I, I am not, I'm going to speak for me. I, I'm not going to speak for you, although I, I think I could here. I am not defending Mark Driscoll. Right, right. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. No, he's he's definitely he's disqualified. And yes. then there's a question of whether he was even qualified to begin with. So right, right, agreed. He's definitely agreed. unqualified to to be a pastor of any kind. Right, right, absolutely. Um, you know, so so as far as just kind of wrapping up my initial thoughts, like uh, so after listening to the things we do to women, I, I went back and, and started at the beginning and, and listened to the other four episodes at the time. And now there's seven. Um, and uh, man, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, eye opening, um, heartbreaking, um, you know, and, and it's one of those things that uh, that I, I had, you know, back in the day, um, I had some I, I've read through doctrine, you know, Driscoll's book doctrine that he wrote. Um, I, I read Real Marriage um, and, and had some issues with it then when I read it. Um, you know, but, uh, but after listening, after listening to the podcast, I'm just like, you know, everybody, everybody called guys like MacArthur and, uh, and others who were pointing out the fact that Driscoll was, was immature and unqualified. Everybody was calling MacArthur a fundamentalist and, and stuffy and, and everything else when it's just like, bro, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, um, Chris Roseboro with with uh, Pirate Christian Radio was was talking about it for years, um, and so yeah, and listening to it, brother, it's it's just uh, I my my heart broke uh, for for the people that were there. My heart broke for the lives that have been uh, to this day affected um, by all of that. So so those are some of my initial thoughts, man. I I just I, there were a couple times I was listening, and I had to pause it. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, you referenced Josh um, earlier, yeah. uh, you know, when Josh and I first first began talking uh, a couple of years ago, one of the things we talked about, because he is from there, is the Marcel yeah. stuff. And he says, even to this day, there's still a lot of hurt from people up there. And then yeah. but but when you listen to to the podcast, when you listen to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, you can understand why. Because there was such tight community there and there, and, you know, not to discredit, you know, we'll say maybe a a move of the spirit, you know, because, because God can strike a straight blow with a crooked stick. Um, So, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that lives were changed there, Uh, but when everything fell apart, you, it hurt people where it's still hurting people to this day. Yeah, man. Yep. Uh, that's absolutely right, bro. Um, man, so just kind of, just kind of, you know, kicking off, uh, the first episode, uh, of the podcast is, uh, it has an interesting title. Uh, you and I were (laughs) talking about this. Um, and And, 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 and the, the question, the answer to the question 
which is the title, is so obvious. It's so obvious, but it was never answered in the podcast. That's right. Um, uh, So, uh, and again, like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to come from the standpoint of, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that, you know, Driscoll uh, did to disqualify himself or or show that he was never qualified. But but I I also really want to highlight that that, um, you know, and again, I, I agree with you. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. The pod, you know, the series isn't done yet. But at the same time, uh, I, I think that their approach speaks to a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Christianity Today's approach to this and not using scripture right away right. Um, highlights the, the overly pragmatic um, uh, and, and normative view of the scriptures. Um, it shows a low view of the scriptures, in my opinion. And again, not defending Driscoll. I'm, I'm specifically talking about the way that Christianity today addresses um, um, even even the biblical topics. Um, so so like like this one, right? So who who killed who killed Mars Hill? Well, well I mean, even uh, so, so let's start at the before we get into who killed Mars Hill. Let's start at the end of that episode where there's kind of the producers and stuff are doing a, a little sit around talk about why they're even doing this. Right. And they say in right, it, the whole right. the whole goal is is to find truth, right? And the problem is they're starting in the wrong place, right? Because where do you find truth about all these things? You find it in God's Scripture. word. So if you if you have the wrong starting point, you're going to arrive at the wrong conclusion. So right. so to find truth, you have to know what truth is. Mm. So, so they're completely starting in the wrong place. But this this just goes to show, are they actually, is their goal actually to find truth? You said, what is the goal? Is it to actually find right. truth? Right. Well, then they're not going to the actual source of truth. No. They're not beginning there. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Um, yeah, and that was that was that was eye opening there at the end when they were talking about that, and and they 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 went through uh, kind of the, the the history of Mars Hill. Um, and once once you do that, it then just becomes well, I think this and I think that, and then it becomes a lot of you know personal preferences or well, we see this person over here doing this and this person doing it again with the pragmatic pragmatic approaches to different things and we see that uh, also in the alluded to in the most recent state of emergency where it's talking about church leadership and governance um but uh you just get a lot of everything else that's wrong with the church (laughs) right Right. they're throwing out all these other things that are also the wrong wrong with the church and and instead of coming to the source that can actually help the church that God says, this is how you are to structure your church and govern your church and lead your church and disciple your church. <laughs> They're bypassing that. Absolutely, man. Uh, well, I mean, they are bypassing that. And and it's just interesting because I mean, that, that they are clearly showing that, that Driscoll also did, um, you right. know, right. I mean, he, he, he also bypassed uh, all of that. And, and, and of course they're, they're highlighting his background and where he came from and how, uh, you know, he, he's all the time talking about his, you know, I'm a brawler and this is how I grew up. And you see and, that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you see it the way you see it in the way that he handled situations. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, yeah. it just is, it's eye opening, brother. It's, it's, and here's what you see in that. Right. So, so let's go back to, and, and, and I mean, there's, 
for the listeners, there's really no, I guess, no chronological order we're going to go in. We're just going right, to kind of right. hit things as they come up because yeah. we don't have notes. <laughs> nope, this. this is completely freestyle, um, by the way. But in the fact that Mark Driscoll is that way, right? No one's denying he had a, a, a rough upbringing, that he was right. from a neighborhood, that he had to, you know, handle himself, you know, in that way. No one's denying that. Um, and in fact, we actually, you know, we would say probably say we have sympathy for the guy. You, yeah, you, you do what you got to do in order to survive and provide provide for your family and make sure that they're safe, you know. Um, but when you go into to pastor, what this demonstrates is that he was never discipled. No, he was never actually discipled according to God's word. Now, he's he, no. he may have had knowledge and learned some learned knowledge. And, and you see that as well. Um, that, that, and everyone, even people, people that hate Mark Driscoll will go, man, he's quick. He's a smart guy. He's sharp. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yep. but you, Mark Driscoll wasn't discipled. And in fact, what you see is at the start of Mars Hill, where things actually started to go South was in the fact that Mark Driscoll was still a young convert. And then he was put out in front and then thrust into the limelight. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, starting with what killed Mars Hill, one of the things that, that, that started on that downward spiral was laying hands on a, on a person before they're ready, right? And where do we find that, Chris? <laughs> we find that in scripture. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so, and that's actually, while you were talking, I was actually looking for that passage. Um, yeah, so where we find that is in First Timothy. Um, and, and first Timothy five twenty two says, do not lay hands upon anyone hastily and thereby share responsibility for the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Um, and, and, and you see, you see that in Driscoll, he's got some knowledge. He's got uh, a lot of zeal, a lot of passion, some fur, I mean, fervor, he is fired up, um, to, 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 to use his words to, to reach Seattle for Jesus. Um, and but but it was it was too early. Um, he 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 wasn't he was not discipled. He wasn't uh, he wasn't, wasn't tested. Mature. He wasn't what? Go ahead. He wasn't mature. No, gosh, he no. He he. Every situation was almost approached. Uh, he approached with an with an immature way, right? So so, and you yeah. see that in some of the interactions, right? He starts kind of calm, but then it doesn't take much for him to get escalated and and heated. Yeah. Um. So what that shows is is a lack of maturity and a lack of actually being able to to handle certain circumstances when they arise. Yeah, he really couldn't. He he really couldn't. Well, it, you know, going back to something that something we were talking about, you know, with his upbringing, and and it's like I, I mean, he he wasn't just immature as a as a as a pastor or as a leader. He was immature as a Christian. Right. Uh, he was a very very immature believer and. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's almost like you didn't see, you didn't see some of the, some of the fruit of sanctification. Um, I mean, you did see some of it. I mean, uh, but, but you, th- there was a lot of it you didn't see, um, you know, my that, mind. That, that, that's also actually playing itself out today as well. Oh, absolutely. Where, and, and more recently he's, you know, where before he was, he was kind of the face of the young restless and reformed and, and right. outed the, the five points of Calvinism and all that stuff. And now he denies it. You know, he says things like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think they're all that great. And, but, you know, he also doesn't give an alternative as to what could be better. 
than that, you know. So um, you you just see the he doesn't have an actual foundation, right? Of which of which to rest upon. Yep. Uh, it's just kind of a you you just see him all over the place. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and with everything that he experienced growing up, I mean, one of the things that stood out to me is, you know, when scripture says uh, in Colossians three, um, you know, uh, around verse eight, uh, you know, Paul, Paul is saying, you know, when Christ who is your life is manifested, then you'll be manifested with him in glory. And, and, and then Paul goes into, um, you know, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to these things. Um, and then he also goes on in verse eight to say, but say, but now you also lay them all aside, wrath, anger, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Right. So not only, again, I go back to what I said before, not only was he not doing that as a pastor, but he wasn't doing that as a Christian. He wasn't doing that as a believer. Um, everything that, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, so so there was there was. I mean, just to your point, he was very very quick uh, to get angry, and and he was very very quick um, to 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 constantly use the scriptures as as justification for quote unquote running people over on the Mars Hill bus. Or and there's actually a, a part where and we see it in this more more recent episode where he's preaching through Nehemiah. Oh and gosh, yeah. Nehemiah is, is, it says that he's cursing people, right? He, right. He, he's pronouncing a curse on them. And Mark Driscoll uses that to say, he's cussing people out. No, that's not, no, that's no. not what that means. But no. there, there, that's the, that's another justification for using foul language. Right. Yeah. And we, we also see that in many pastors today, right. Yes. Who, use, who, who take Paul's term rubbish, right. Scubalon. And they try to distort that into a curse word, right? When it's not, that's not how Paul's using it. That's not how Paul means it. Uh, yeah, I see that. Uh, Mike Riccardi did a did a whole uh, Facebook post about just the nature of that word, all right, uh, and how it's actually not a cuss word. Yet people are still trying to pass it off as though Paul's cussing, but yep. he's not. Um, and in, if he was, he would be going against everything that he's teaching, and he would be going against, you know, what James teaches right. about, about teachers uh, needing to watch their tongue and bridle mm-hmm. their tongue. Yep. Yep. Uh, absolutely. I mean, he was known as the cussing pastor. Um, and, and I like, I mean, Cosper does say in there, he's like, you know, while I was not able to find anything on record, uh, of, of, of him, uh, you know, actually, I mean, full on cussing in sermons, um, and, and that, that, you know, he kind of found that to be, uh, to be, a, to be a false narrative. Um, I mean, th- there were times, I mean, he would, he would, he would cuss and use, uh, use hell as a cuss word. There were times that he would. Well, well uh, you see it in the in the testimony of the people, right? Yes. Where they're talking yeah. about the meetings behind closed doors that other people were, they would say, you know, he would use expletives, you know, oh, he yeah. was in this meeting with expletives. So that, that, that just doesn't show someone that is, is taking care of, to watch their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, brother. I agree. Uh, you know, something else that, that stood out to me as, as just as the, that season has gone on. And I think about, I think about Driscoll and I think about the things that he said and the justification that he had for walking away from Mars Hill while he was under church discipline. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and and we're going to get into that. Uh, but but there was one specific thing, bro, that that stood out to me that I wanted I wanted us to address. And, and, and we haven't talked about this yet. You and I, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast, but not in relation to okay. Driscoll, Acts 29, what we've been through. Um, herein lies a problem as well. Um, with the way that Driscoll, so Driscoll was the face, you already said it, of young restless and reform. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, yet, and it, but, but, but they were big on the gifts of the spirit. They mm-hmm. were big on continuationism. Right. Uh, they were big on God told me, the spirit showed me. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that as well. Um, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, but herein lies the problem with be, in my opinion, of being a continuationist, believing that the Holy Spirit speaks outside of Scripture. Because here you have a guy like Driscoll um, who says that God showed both he and Grace that they were done with Mars Hill because people were attacked, going to go on the attack. Yeah. They were they setting were, a trap. They were setting yeah. a trap. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it, it highlighted to me it, 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 that, that need to be regulated by the word of God alone, um, that, that need to, to be very, very careful um, when talking about the gifts of the Spirit um, and how the Holy Spirit works. And, um, and, and, and you know, I, I just immediately thought of meetings that you and I have been in um, where, you know, where, where there are people who claim to be, quote unquote, reformed, yet the only thing they're reformed in is their soteriology. Right. Um, they're not reformed in their pneumatology. That's what I'm getting at. And yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, well, I mean, the uh, it, one, if you want a great uh, sermon that deals with this, uh, at the Strange Fire Conference in 2013, yes. Steve Lawson did a, a message called Calvin's Critique of the Charismatic Calvinists. And in that, if you know things about what Mark Driscoll would say from the pulpit and things like that, um, as far as, you know, things God showed him and whatnot, it's very clear that Steve Lawson is talking about Mark Driscoll. Yep. Um, and so I would, I, I would definitely say, uh, check that out again. That's I'll put called, a link in the show notes. Yeah. It's that. called yep. Calvin's critique of the charismatic Calvinist by Steve Lawson. It is, so uh, good. it is very good, but you know, when I heard that, uh, here you have a guy that has been removed from Acts 29, right, as the president of Acts 29, because of his behavior. Because of that as well, he was removed from his pulpit. Mm -hmm. And the the elders were seeking a restoration plan for him to come back to the pulpit, right? Right. But that doesn't mean church discipline doesn't need to be done as well. Right. So to hear him say, his wife say, you know, God told me we were released from Mars Hill. Like what? And then to hear hear Mark Driscoll say, you know, God showed me they were laying a trap for me. Well, if that trap is called church discipline because you're you've proven yourself to be unqualified, right? That's a trap worth laying, and that you need to submit to it, and you need, need to submit to the elders. Which, when you started Mars Hill, you said you were submissive to, right? Yeah, the uh, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you to do something that's contrary to the Word of God. Right. Right. That, 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 that is yeah. not how that works. 
Yeah, he's not he's he's not going to say I release you from Mars Hill just so you don't have to go through church discipline. Like I don't think so, bro. That's you, you, sorry, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit right there. That's what you're doing. You, yeah. you you're making a false claim about God that he did not say. And right. because because the the what those elders were doing is they were trying to protect the integrity of Christ's church because of everything that was going on there. And you completely said, Oh, well, God told me this. No, he did not. You're a liar. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. You're a liar. Yeah. That's what yep. you are. And then, but then getting into, you know, you mentioned some of the, the conversations and stuff we've had with other people is, I mean, I remember being on a phone with a guy that's talking about, well, you know, what about, you know, this guy, you, you know, it's always the guy on the desert Island or whatever, you know, what, what, what about if the spirits, you know, pulling him and drawing him. I'm like, one, how do you even know that's the spirit of God? Because creation testifies to God, but scripture says it's the gospel. That's the power of God unto salvation. So the right. guy needs the gospel. Yep. Um, and that's only found in the scriptures. So don't give me this nonsensical desert Island, you know, scenario when that's never even the case. If, if the guy dies, you know, not knowing who Christ is, then he goes to hell. That, I mean, that's period, period, period. You know, it's like, uh, if he is, a, if he is among the elect, God will, God will make yeah. a way. God, he, he will. Yeah. Um, I mean, scri scripture's clear. Scripture's clear. Romans chapter 10. Right. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they without hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? Just, yeah. it is, just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim the good news. Verse 16. However, they did not all heed the good news for Isaiah says, the Lord who has believed our report. Verse 17. And here it is. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. That's right. If there's somebody on a desert island who is among the elect, God is going to make a way for them to hear the gospel. Yeah. According He's going to send a missionary there to preach. Exactly. To exactly. Going to do. <laughs> exactly. You know, but, but, but we hear this, these conversations that you and I have been a part of and, and people try to have with us. There are people that hold to Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin that say, well, God's bigger than his, his book. You know, there's just this complete garbage of an yeah. argument. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. But but even you know going back to Mark Driscoll, Mark Driscoll is is no he said this numerous times just the idea that you know you know when I was in Bible you know college or whatever God called me and he spoke to me and he said you know I need to plant Mars Hill I need to do this I need to marry Grace and blah blah and well he, so he was on a uh, he was at a conference I think it was at Piper's Church and he's on stage with Doug Wilson right. And, and I love Doug Wilson because if there's anyone that's quicker than Mark Driscoll, it's Doug Wilson. Yep. And Doug, and so he's saying this to Doug Wilson and Doug Wilson goes, well, all that's just biblical mandates anyway. Like you're called to, you know, plant churches and the great commission and you are to, to, to marry and, you know, and things mm -hmm. like that. So he's like, you're not saying anything. That's just not biblical. That's just, that's just Christian mandates anyway. What are you talking about? Right. Well, and that, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying before. It's like, you know, the, the Lord is going to, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you through the word of God. Our brother, Justin Peters, you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. You want to hear him speak out loud, read your Bible out loud. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's very clear. And, and to, I, I love what you said, bro. Like when you, when you said, when you said that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, 
That is that is blaspheming the name of God. That is a commandment violation, um, and you're using it as an excuse because you're a coward. Right. Yeah. That that's it. Yeah. That's it. The guy you're, who preaches so much to men about being men, you know, runs know. away with his tail yeah. between his legs. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, and then you confront him about it, and he blocks you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He blocks you or he goes on the offensive and 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 goes after the doctrines of grace and Calvinism. Mm-hmm. And 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 because because notice who he ran to. He ran to those who don't hold to the sufficiency of scripture. He ran to those who um who are who I would call gracists, you know, an overemphasis on grace right. without discipline. Right. An overemphasis of grace without consequence. Yeah. When you and I sin, there are co- yes, there's grace. Oh my God! And praise be to God that there is grace, but there are consequences to those actions. Right. And right. so, Mark being uh, a bully, Mark uh, plagiarizing. Hello, we're dealing with that again today. Um, you know, uh, Mark, Mark uh, setting up Mars Hill with an ecclesiastical. Uh, I can't say that word all of a sudden. Um, uh, basically, an ecclesiology. There we go. An ecclesiology that doesn't match the scriptures. Right. A tyrannical ecclesiastical model. <laughs> boom! A tyrannical ecclesiastical model. There you go. There's a quote right. That's tweetable, bro. Um, so when when you do that, and then going back to what what kicked off this section of of what we're talking about, who killed Mars Hill? God did. God did. Yeah. God extinguished. The lampstand. Yep, God it. is the one who opens, who, who, as far as churches that we see here physically, God is the one that opens them and God is the one who closes them. That's right. Yeah. God is sovereign over his church. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. So Christianity today, uh, go read the letters in Revelations that are to the seven churches. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's your answer. Revelation. Yep. There's your answer. Who killed Mars Hill? God. Because he removed their lampstands right. because they weren't faithful to what God said that they were supposed to do as a church. Yeah, and I like what you said uh, uh, at the top of this section, man, where you were talking about how, uh, look, man, we're, we're not saying that the Lord didn't use uh, Mars Hill and Driscoll and um, and is still used. Now, as much as, as, as we were talking about, there are people that are still hurt, that are still dealing with that. There, The opposite is also true. The opposite is also true. You're also seeing God continue to edify and admonish and build and purify his church by what happened. Right. Um, so, 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 and that goes back to why I, I said what I did in the introduction about, you know, let me ask you a question, um, uh, you know, about is your goal, the victimization piece and to live there. Right. And, and, and to standpoint epistemology, right. My experience, it, this is now quote unquote, my truth. And so I'm going to walk here. I'm going to wallow here instead of realizing that, that, that it is God who, who turns ashes into beautiful things, that it is, it is God who providentially had you there and now has brought you through that. Um, you know, and so, and that's something you and I have talked about, right. With where we've been and, and, and I mean, I've been brutally honest with you as far as my struggles with all of that. And, and it's, 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 it's a wrestling match with the Lord at times to go, you know, it, or to, or with myself or my own lust, right? Sin begins, James says sin, sin begins with our own lust, our own desires. And so wrestling with that and living there and wanting to, wanting to stay there instead of going, God, you've allowed this, mm-hmm. um, to ultimately, if I 
submit under your under the Holy Spirit's guidance according to the Word of God, trusting in your providence, then I don't need to have a bad day about. I don't need to worry about this anymore. Right. You know, I mean, you, you're you are conforming me more and more to the image of your Son. Right. Um, and if I had to go through this hell to get there, um, then praise be to God because I know that you've always been with me. Right. That's right. So who killed Mars Hill? Well, God did. God. Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't like the end of Agatha, Agatha Christie novel, Murder on the Orient. <laughs> right, right? Right, it, right. It wasn't maybe we all did. No, it was it was right. the Lord. Yeah, yeah. It was the Lord. It absolutely was, man. It absolutely was. Um, so uh, you know, just continuing on. Um, when when. <sighs> kind of thinking how I want to word this. Um, it, it's, it's interesting um, in, in, in listening to uh, this, this, this podcast, how, uh, again, I, I know Driscoll always said that he was, you know, he wanted to preach through books of the Bible um, and, uh, and talked a lot about biblical manhood, and womanhood and marriage and, relationships within marriage. And uh, man, so there's something specifically I just kind of wanted to get into here. And that would be this, um, you know, some of the language. And when I say language, I don't mean like, like profanity. I mean, just some of the, the crass language that would come from the pulpit yeah. um, uh, and, and or counseling sessions. Um, which of course weren't recorded. So we're just, we're just going off of hearsay there, which I'm not saying it's not true. It most likely is because there's multiple people who have said the same thing, yeah. but man, you know, um, Driscoll kind of led the way for that. And there are many pastors today <laughs> um, who still don't see a problem with uh, getting up in the pulpit and, and addressing, um, you know, marriage relations in a way uh, that is vulgar and is pornographic, and, and, in my opinion, and and downright sinful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's it's just call it what it is. The Lord, yeah, it's yeah. dishonoring to the Lord because, especially, uh, you know, getting into say, I want to say what he preached through Song of Solomon, what twice? Yeah, uh, Driscoll is that what some what what they said, but you, you know in looking at the way he would do those sermons and speak on those things. It was, it was very, it was very graphic. Very. Uh, I mean, you just, you, we like, we can't say them on here to, to no. give you an idea of no. what we're talking about. No. Uh, be, just because it's things that are, that should never, ever, ever come from uh, a pulpit. And, and even in, in, even if you listen, like, and this is episode five, right. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the things we do to women. Yeah. The things we, we did to women. Um, if you listen to the things that they're talking about, you can hear. And again, you know, when, when Mark Driscoll gets into his comedy hour, you hear women there also laughing. Yeah. So, so he, so he's not shy about saying these things in front of, front of women as well. Right. which is kind of concerning also. Yes, yes. Um, but, you know, you talk about paving the way. Absolutely. Because, you know, you and I sat in a in a, a series, a Song of Solomon series, 
where this almost I, I wouldn't say it didn't go as far no as no. as driscoll but it was still pretty crass right and i don't blush easily right, right. i don't get uncomfortable easily right and Same. neither does my wife but there were some place you know i look afterwards i looked at my wife and i go i don't feel right after that like i'm not identified <laughs> in the lord yeah. right you know now this this was a series where uh there were alternating preachers so one guy would preach and then the next week the next guy would preach and it was just two preachers but they would alternate weeks one week when the main preacher would preach it would be crass it would be vulgar it would be kind of dirty things like i was reading this and i had to get up and you know take a walk take a walk yeah you know or call um, my wife and say this this and yeah yeah, Yeah. you know just things no one needs to know um and then, so he going through this whole spiel, and then the gospel is just kind of tacked on at the end, right? It's not the focus. It's just kind of tacked on. Oh, by the way, here's the gospel. And then the next week, when the other guy would preach, it would be centered around the gospel. It right. would be very Christocentric. Yep. yep. Very Christocentric. Yep. Very focused on the gospel. Very, yeah. I mean, it, no crassness at all. Right, right. Right. You you left actually going, wow, I see Christ in that. And, right. and Christ is magnified in that. Right. Um, so, so so you would see that. But it was just uh <clears throat> yeah, again, I don't blush like I'm not scared to have conversations, you know, correct conversations same with people. Uh I'm not shy. Um, I'll talk about whatever subject you want to talk about. Right. But listening to those uh, sermons were, were very, very uncomfortable. And even yeah. to my wife as well. Right, right. And I think it's important to say that um, the, the the church that we're speaking of, we're, we're not going to name uh, the, the, the name of it, uh, even though I, I know there are moments where we both want to. Uh, <laughs> um, we're not going to, again, because our goal is not to tear down or create division, but our goal is to go, okay, if you're hearing these things, from uh from the pulpit there's a problem right. um and and uh you know i i think i i want to let me throw this in there as well okay. um coming to the last sermon of that series i the the pastor that had been actually preaching christ-centric messages i actually text him because he was kind of bringing it home you know yeah yeah, yeah. I and I, I text him how much i appreciated his approach and the work that he did on the on this series um and making it all about christ and focus on christ and in his reply you know it was very gracious reply you know thank you and and things like that but he recognized the fact that the other sermons that weren't his were unnecessarily crass um and and just the gospel was tacked on at the end Uh, so even he recognized those things Right. Um, so sorry, I just wanted to go. Ahead yeah, no, 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 no. That, that that that's a good call out, bro. And where where I was going with that is is this church that we're talking about. They they are still an Acts twenty nine church. Um, and this lead pastor uh, who we're talking about is heavily heavily influenced by Mark Driscoll. Mm-hmm. Uh, new, new new Mark Driscoll had multiple conversations. Still, uh, as of the last time I I, I talked to him, anyway. Um, uh, absolutely heavily 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 influenced by driscoll and so it's 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 easy to see, to see this and so so let, let me say this is um 
there should never be a time in the pulpit that a pastor tells you uh, and or your spouse uh, or both of you, if you're both sitting, whatever. There's never a time in a pulpit that a pastor should say, you need to go home and do this and be, and, 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 and talk about specific sexual things. Uh, you need to go home and do this. And, um, you know, That's I remember, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- here's your homework to go home and blankety blank. Um, you know, that, that should never come from a pulpit ever, ever. Um, and, 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 and then, you know, I look, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be frank here. You know, it was that same sermon at the end of that sermon. And I was sitting with you where, you know, uh, the pastor said, all right, look, I'm, I'm just going to say it. He said, here's your homework. Go home and have sex. Go home and have a lot of sex. Yeah. And women, if, if, if that's not enjoyable to you, you need to do more of it. Yeah. He Which said that. Thing. He said, yes, that. he said that from this, this is not Mark Driscoll. This is the church we're talking about. Yeah. He said that from the pulpit. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that should not happen. Mm-hmm. That is crass. That is vulgar. Uh, it is pornographic. Um, uh, you, you know, that there are so many things wrong with that. Uh, from, from a biblical standpoint, uh, that's not above reproach. That is that is taking that is taking liberty with the word of God to to allow your flesh to show through right. in, in your pride and what you're saying. That's exactly what that is. That's blaspheming the word of God. You should not do that. Now, on the flip side, um, and this is this kind of goes to, you know, the the the, Christ, uh, the podcast that Christianity Today is doing, um, they also take that moment to really kind of in a, in a, in a, in a backhanded kind of way, um, you know, just kind of give the slap to biblical complementarianism and promote egalitarianism. There there are absolutely, there are roles biblically for men and women. We are all the, the, the ground is equal at the foot of the cross. No one is more saved than the other. Um, but, but they're absolutely, and we are all one in Christ. Scripture is clear about that, but scripture is also clear in that there are biblical roles within the church. There are biblical roles within the home. Um, and, 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 and neither men nor women should usurp those roles. Um, because when we do, what you're seeing are the effects of the fall. Sin. That's, that's what you're seeing. And so um, that, that was something that was very clear in that episode as well, is that, wow, these guys are big-time egalitarians. And well, well, you, what, what you see in that is you kind of see, uh, it, when they're talking about that, it's almost as though uh they think mark driscoll kind of or or you know reformed churches or whatever kind of came up with the idea of male and female roles like no that's a biblical thing right but we we come up with those roles from scripture because because god gives them to us and it's a grace that he gives them to us yep yep absolutely brother absolutely um yeah I, i mean that that episode the things we do to women that was a, that was a tough one to listen to um because of i mean they had uh man and, and driscoll took it way far uh there was a pastor's conference that he did in scotland and there were some things that he said it, it was bad it was bad it was really bad um so uh so yeah so yeah it, it was just it, that, that that part of it is interesting um to me um that, that there are men who still uh try, try to do that you know, uh, to try to try to get away with that. So, um, so Brano, an episode that you, uh, man, you, you, you were like, man, you, you were blowing me up on this one, the brand. 
Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Uh, Very. Because, you know, Mars Hill got turned into a brand. Absolutely. Uh, Mark Driscoll himself got turned into a brand. Um, yep. And what happens is, now I'm not saying that you can't have, you know, say your own ministry or even sure. people in your church, you know, have your own ministry. Right. But, right. Again, Justin Peters is an example, right? right? He's a member of a local church, but he has his own ministry that right. he goes and, and does things. Uh, but we see far too often the church becoming a brand. We see it with Hillsong. We see oh, it yeah. with Elevation. Yep. Uh, we saw it with Mars Hill to where, you know, you go to plant churches and it's not, you know, it's not just Mars Hill, Seattle, it's Mars Hill, this it's Mars Hill, that it's Mars Hill down the road. It's Mars Hill across the street. You know, everything is Mars Hill. We see that in publishing, right? So, so now the church also has its own publishing idea, um, to, to where if it's not a part of, it doesn't have the name of the church, the people, the, the head guy doesn't want it because right. it's not repping the brand. Right. And so, so we kind of experience that as well, where, right. We've got a church that we're going to and they're planting a church, but it's a church of the same name. And I thought this was also interesting too, right. Mars Hill was it's, he wanted to be one church in multiple locations, right? And what did we have? We had one church in two locations, you know. Yep, that's how it was marketed. Very original thought there. Um, but <laughs> but then you, you start seeing things like these study guides being published with really nice covers. And then on the back is the name of the church with the publishing label. And then right. you get these uh, you get these scripture journals, right? And then on the back is these really nice, uh, embossed stickers with the church's logo stamped on it. So, you know, where it came from, you know, and everything becomes about the brand. Uh, and you know, where this kind of hits home is one with this podcast, but also two, um, with, with a ministry that was, that I started. So, uh, if you, if you listen to our earlier episodes, uh, we were under the name under a ministry called Faithful Life Ministries. Yeah. So I started a ministry. I started Faithful Life Ministries, um, and I started this with the idea from uh, what was called a, a passion night. Right. It's just people who serve in the church get together, and we just you know things that go on in the church. You know, everyone can get on the same page, and what what's right. new, what's not. You know, uh, people who serve in certain areas can get together and and talk about things and function functionality and um things like that Mm -hmm. well the pastor was talking about things like you know people come to me all the time with these ministry ideas and and whatnot and what they're really wanting is they're wanting funding from the church to go start their ministry and he says well i tell them go start the ministry and then bring it to me and then we'll talk about it so I had these ideas for this ministry and the, the, and what it was, was really just, it was a vehicle that, and I was going to bring it under the church so that the church could use it however they need it. 
Right. Right. And so, so I went and I started this ministry. I started it, uh, 501c3. I paid for everything. Yeah. Um, so that when I brought it, was going to bring it to the elders, it was to say, I'm not asking you for money. This is the thing because it's a 501c3, people can donate and it can stand on its own. It doesn't need church funding, but it's, it's a ministry arm that you can use. It's just a vehicle, kind of like Ligonier is with St. Andrews, right? RC right. Sport, or you got right. Grace to You and Grace Community Church. Right. MacArthur. It's the same idea. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so, so I took that to kind of the who would later become a campus pastor. And I said, this is kind of the thing that I'm looking to do. And then we met and talked about that. And one of the things that I wanted to do was, uh, well, first let's back up. So he brought it, I, I guess, to uh, an elder meeting. And the consensus yep. of the elder meeting was, well, who is Drew to start a ministry? You know, that was kind of what yeah. came out of there. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> again, so, that sounds so, um, yeah, familiar. So when I find that out, I'm going, oh, well, I'm just doing what, you said to do at the passion night with people that have ministry ideas. Sorry. I, I followed directions, my bad. Um, but so, so I kind of take this outline and, and, you know, me and this pastor meeting and kind of the things I'm, I'm looking to do. And one of those was called uh, faithful life Academy. Yeah. And the goal was to bring seminary level teaching just to the local church. So people in the local yep. church can just learn theology and doctrine and things like that. Yes. And so what was told to me was, well, we're a part of Acts 29 and they provide resources for that. So we don't need to do that. And that was on a Monday. <clears throat> that was on a Monday after I had uh, or this. It was one week after I had sent this thing to this to this pastor. Yep. The next night after our meeting was a, a passion night where, lo and behold, they unveiled the unit, the church name and there it is the, again. The branding, the church yep. name, university. Um, where it's so hard for you not to say the name. <laughs> I know where Sorry, where man. they actually took the idea of what I had in mind, and then they were gonna they were then implementing that. Um, so so we, you know, we kind of see see that whole thing, uh, the branding idea play out there that if it's not a, if it if it doesn't have our name in it if, it if it's not something we came up with if it's not our idea it's a bad idea you yeah. know and so so we're not going to be a part of it yeah it, well, to, to, and and to you know and, and i get the marketing piece the ministry piece right the um uh, you know you, you have you have a ministry um that's um, and this goes back to the business aspect of um, of what you see in a lot of a lot of churches and and locations. I mean, you you look at uh, you look at those those ministries that you named, right? Ligonier, Grace mm-hmm. to You. Uh, I, I think about uh, I think about Just Thinking, right? I, I think about Just Thinking Ministries and uh, and and the stuff that we're doing. Um, branding isn't bad, right? Um, but where it becomes bad is when it's more about the brand of the church or the ministry than than being known for fidelity at all costs to the scriptures. Right. And 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 that's where you get in trouble. That's where, you know, uh I, I got a message today from from a, a good friend of mine who said that uh uh that that someone she's close to um uh, who is on staff at a church requested to uh time off to go to G3. 
And uh, he was told that, uh, well, I don't really want you going to that because that's a preaching and teaching conference. And, uh, and, and those guys aren't in our circles. <laughs> Wait, what? You're talking about the, the G3. I mentioned at the top, G3 is about the doctrine of Christ. I mean, it's not a, it's not a preaching and teaching conference. This is not ShepCon. This is, this is, this is not that at all, but it, it becomes more about the circles. It becomes more about the clicks. Yeah. Right. It becomes more about the brand. Um, then, then again, I go back to what I said, the fidelity to the scriptures and, and holding what the Lord has given you to steward and shepherd with open hands. Yeah. You know, I think of, when I immediately heard of the brand and started listening to that episode, I thought about that meeting and, and we've mentioned it multiple times over the years. Um, that conversation that we had with the campus pastor you were referring to and the lead pastor of, uh, of the church, when he said, I'm not going to let a podcast tear down what I've built. Right. And it, the, you haven't built a thing, bud. Right. You <laughs> haven't. Right. The, the Lord has given this to you yeah. to steward and to shepherd. And the moment you try to put your brand on it, when, when, and, and all that was going on, right? Context there. We talked about that. Go listen to uh, Reckless Love, Reckless Worship, take two. That was, um, yeah. The, well, Reckless Love, Reckless Worship, the original was what yep. kind of set the whole thing off. Yep. And, and, and lo and behold, who would have thunk it? We actually took that church's position on the very, uh, the, exactly. the very topic we were discussing. Exactly. <laughs> right. I was right. And, and we here, here said, we said the same thing church had. Yep. That's all we did. That's all we did. And we did it in a very, like, I mean, dude, we've talked about it. I was, I was trepidatious about doing that. Which, and by, I, the way, by the way, I know but, you've said this before, but I, I I've listened to this episode several times since then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, where that, the guy who, who was complaining about that episode, um, where he said, we mentioned, right. Whatever the conference, the little teen conference. Yep. Was. yep. He, I didn't a liar. You didn't. Yeah, I did not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so, it, 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 but, but that's it, right. It becomes all about your brand. It becomes all about what you're doing. And if, if, if you're wanting to do something that doesn't, um, that doesn't have the brand on it, right. um, uh, no, the answer is no. Or, uh, you know, no, you can't use the building to do that. Right. Which, yeah. which is really weird as well. Cause we were tithing members and we were serving. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You were there. You were there every day. I was there several times a week. This yeah. other guy was only there on Sundays. And not to mention, yeah. So it's so we can't record a podcast where we're all we're doing is talking about theology. That's it. We're we're not trying to come in with our opinions. We're right. this is right. what these are what the scriptures say. Okay. Yes, our interpretation can be fallible. We've said that. But here's a guy whose kids, now I'm going to be specific, whose kids hold a conference at the church, use the church as the venue, playing songs written by false teaching, uh, false churches and false teachers. And then they have people, they have a, a, a teenage woman get up and speak, and they have a, a, a kid, a, a college student, get up and speak, and it was awful. Right. It was awful. Borderline heresy. Yeah. Borderline. But didn't you feel the spirit move? That's right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I yeah. mean, and, and that's, and again, I, I'm, I'm going back to our question at the very beginning. The goal here is not to tear down, but the goal here is to, is to point out, to point these things out as far as leadership goes. 
Um, and if you see these things in your church where it's an, an overemphasis on on branding or circles or clicks or no, you can't go to that conference, you know, I mean, no, we're not asking to go to, to Bethel's supernatural whatever nonsense conference. No, it, this is a G3. Well, you know, G3, you know, it's going to be uh, focused heavily on central on, on Christ and based on the scriptures alone. I mean, dude, we were told, right, that there was a fear at the same church with a bunch of people going to G3 because then, and I quote from the same two people we're talking about, well, everybody's going to walk away from there being regulative principal people. You remember that? Yeah. They were afraid of that. There were other Mark Driscoll people too that were saying, well, they're going to go and they're going to come back and want to change, you know, on the the one... The, the conference about worship, they're going to go and they're yep. going to want to change the way we do worship. Oh, you mean make it biblical? Yeah. Heaven forbid. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But you uh, know, one of the things, uh, um, <clears throat> while, while it's on my mind, um, one of the things that in talking about that meeting that you and I had and, you know, where yep. they said, you know, we're not, I'm not going to let a, a podcast, you know, tear down everything I worked so hard to build. Right. Um, Over the past 10 years. Yeah. yeah, What you see is you see that Mark Driscoll strong arm leadership, uh, kind of the bullying aspect of it. And, and after, after that meeting, when I got home, you called me Yep. and you said, you know, what do you think about that meeting? Mm -hmm. And what I told you is I said, you know, out of respect for the, the office of pastor, uh, I bit my tongue. Um, because what he said really angered me and it wasn't biblical at all. Right. Um, and then I told you that if he does it again, <laughs> I'm going to show him who his daddy is, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, but, but I, awesome. I, I did, you know, in that meeting, I did, you know, I, I bit my tongue and, and I said, Same. Same. Okay, okay, sure. You know, you, you want, and if you go back and you listen to our, our old intros, that pastor's in the intros. If you want to know why I almost vomit when I walk into a Christian books, why that's not in there because he wanted, he wanted to, he wanted to be out of it. And I said, okay, fine. You know, I'll take you out of it. No problem. Um, you know, it wasn't until I guess recently he actually removed the public sermon that actually had that in there. Cause I'm thinking, well, if oh, you wait, want- he removed that. Yeah. They removed several, several from. Wow. Um, but, uh, um, you know, what you see, you see strong arm leadership, right? Yeah. We had a co-host when we first started this thing. Yep. My brother-in-law. That was, that's the smartest out of the three of us. Definitely. And basically because he was going on, on, on the track to be an elder, which it's weird that he's not yet because he's the most qualified out of all the elders in the church. Um, you, you know, basically was strong arm to say, you know, you shouldn't do the pod. It, it would be wise if you didn't do the podcast anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Yeah. Like that. Very tell you not to. Dude, you know what? <laughs> I hate that crap, man. Just be a man and say, I don't want you to do the podcast because it looks bad. I'm blah, you know, whatever, like whatever. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's the reason we, you know, lost a co-host that that yeah. kind of strong arm leadership type deal um and i'm gonna go out and say the reason he's still not an elder 
is because he actually takes a stand on things where the other elders are just yes men. They're just yes men. Some of them aren't even qualified to be elders. That's the truth. The, 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 there's, you know, one guy, one guy holds a CRT. If, yep. you hold the, if you hold a CRT, you're not qualified to be an elder because you believe in a different gospel. And That's then right. as the senior pastor, you kind of lose the right to get upset when he preaches CRT from your pulpit while you're on your vacation, because you set up the, the circumstance for him to be able to do that. And you, you know that about him. And you know that everybody about knows that about him. People have left the church because of that. Like, that's not a secret. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just, there's, you, you see a lot of the just Mark Driscoll nonsense that goes on. Strong arm leadership. Yes, men. Um, you know, I had a, th- that, who was the assistant or not assistant, but is now a campus pastor. I had a meeting with him, right? About the things that the Driscoll-like, uh, leadership from this pastor and guess what he agreed with me he agreed with me on all fronts but you know what he doesn't say anything why why doesn't he say anything he's not gonna say anything he's not gonna come against them so it's just like you know he i distinctly remember i agree with you in fact i could tell you more things you know about him because you know i'm related to him but you know and, and i'm not saying that you know it's it's bad to have co-pastors as brother-in-laws. Or no, whatever, no, not at all. Dad no. or whatever. But but also when you don't when you're just a yes man and you don't take a stand against what you know is unbiblical and wrong and bad leadership, now you become a toxic leader because now you have, you have allowed it to take place. Right, right, absolutely, brother. Uh, I, you know and. and this whole thing with Driscoll and the way that uh, the the ecclesia, uh, you know, the ecclesiology, the way that uh, uh, that, that that structure happened, and, and you and I heard it, right? You and I heard it in the latest episode, uh, you know, where Mars Hill, they they removed and disqualified two elders simply for doing what they were asked to do, right, right. in in reviewing bylaws, mm-hmm. and wanting to make changes to those bylaws. Mm-hmm. To and make one, the, one guy's a lawyer. Like, what do you yes, think is going to happen? Yes. Like, really? Yes. That didn't go through your head when you were going. Right, right, right. Absolutely. You were processing that and you you didn't go, uh, this guy's a lawyer. Uh, he's probably smarter than us. We should make sure we 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 do things right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, so so you see, he was uh he was he was they were they were man, they were mistreated big time. I mean, put put through the ringer, removed from everything. Um, uh, with, I mean, th- their families weren't cared for. Um, and, 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 and I mean, just, just, just shunned. They right. were told like, uh, the, the people that removed these guys, um, sim- again, simply for doing what they were asked to do, uh, were told to treat these el- biblically elder qualified men right. as if they were outsiders and sinners, right? unrepentant sinners and what ended up coming out that they weren't disqualified from exactly exactly so so and and one of them said in the episode state of emergency is the episode we're talking about the latest one one of the things that he said in there was you know he's like so so if i had committed some some truly unqualifying sin if i had i he said if i had picked up a prostitute okay the 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 women of the church would have reached out to my wife and family to right. care for them. Are you okay? Can we bring you meals? What do you need from us? How can we shepherd you? How can we help you? How can we care for you? 
But no, they just completely removed them from everything, from all of life inside the church. Why? Because they disagreed. Right. They did. All they did was disagree. And, and the way that they disagreed wasn't even hot. It wasn't hostile. There was no backbiting. There was none of that. Just simply because they disagreed from a biblical standpoint and the way the bylaws were worded, mm-hmm. this is how they were treated. And there are, there are churches, and it isn't just Acts 29. I, we, we, we don't think that at all. But our experience mm-hmm. is with Acts 29. Right. Our experience is with if you disagree with them, that same elder that we were just talking about who holds the CRT, who is, uh, I mean, loves Eric Mason, loves Jamar Tisby, is a big fan of Kyle Howard, um, so on and so forth, who gets up in a pulpit recently this year and, and preaching through uh, the book of Romans and saying that he's for racial reconciliation. It, it, it's bad. It's bad. Anyway, that's not the point. But this is the guy that, that's, that's, that's supposed to be counseling people in the church, discipling people in the church. When Drew and I, and again, this isn't about us. I'm not trying to, I'm not playing the victim card. I'm just, I'm just stating well, that. Right. There, well, well, again, we, we, we started the show by saying there's, we have the experience yes. similar, yes. similar yep. things. Yep. So, so it, this isn't just a Mars Hill center. Right. Thing. This right. is something with other people who actually hold to Mark Driscoll's teachings. Right. Correct. 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 Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Good. Good clarification. Good point. So, so when when Drew and I finally, because because Drew had been in, in last year uh, in, in 2020, um, uh, no, tw- before that, it was I think at the end of 2019. The end of 19. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, you were you were like, hey man, let, let, let's address the CRT stuff and. And I'm just like, ah, I mean, Daryl and Virgil are already doing it. Let's just let them do it. Like, I, I just, I don't know enough about it, so on and so forth. But the minute we did, mm-hmm. the minute we did, this is the elder that at the time was supposed to be counseling us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He completely severed all ties. Yeah. I mean, completely. Wouldn't return text, wouldn't return phone calls, wouldn't return emails until months and months and months later completely unfriended us, removed us from all the socials. Why? Because we were outspoken against CRT. Yeah. We showed his golden calf to be a golden calf. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and we didn't even address him specifically. We're just addressing the issue of critical race theory. So, so then you've got, you know, again, other examples of this, this passive aggressive, like, hey, I, I hear you feel a certain way about the way the situation went down. I want your forgiveness. Right. Hey, excuse me? Yeah. Hey, Chris, I don't want to talk about what happened. Just forgive me. That was the next thing I was going to say. Hey, just forgive me. I don't want to get into anything. I don't want to rehash anything. And to my point was, well, brother, if, if, look, I'm not harboring bitterness, but in order for there to be true yeah. reconciliation, we have to get into this. Yeah. What do you we need forgiveness to. for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you're asking again, forgiveness for what exactly? <laughs> right. It, it's more. It's more of that. To your point, this passive aggressive yeah. thing. You know, and, and and we we've both experienced it. Right. You're completely removed from everything yeah. to do with the church. Right. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Public groups on, on social media. Um, you know, you, you, you don't hear back from people. Uh, my, my wife is not able to, to, you know, to have conversations with people anymore. Right. It, all yeah. communication just yeah. shut off. Why? Because they disagree. Yeah. There's a, so when I had that meeting with that pastor who agreed with everything I was saying, there was another guy there. He was an right. elder candidate, right? Now he's an elder. 
I don't know why he's not going through the same process. Some of the other guys who are more qualified than him are going, but that's a different topic for a different day. Um, (laughs) You know, for some reason he's there. I don't know. He, not the pastor, he, an elder candidate removes me from, from men's groups, you know, and things like this. And, and so I, some of the other guys noticed it as well. And so I text him and I still, I still have the conversation on my phone to this day. And I say, I say, did you remove me from the group or did you just change, you know, conversational locations or whatever? Cause I was still going to the group, still going through yep. knowing yep. God with, with the group of men and things yep. like that. Um, I mean, I had just got done, I think that December teaching a youth group on the attributes of God. Right. So, um, but it's funny because his reasoning is he said, oh yeah, it's because, you know, you're not a member here anymore. And I said, well, actually we're, we're, we're on the fence about it. We haven't actually made a decision yet. And you were in the meeting and you were there when I, when I specifically brought up the point, you don't have to be a member to go to these groups. And the pastor agreed. Yeah. And it was at that point where he called me and said, well, it's because you disagree with us on this, that, and the other thing. And so now, so now I'm removed. Yep. Not once did I, have I received a call from that pastor, right? So, so let, let, let's just go over and say what the pastoral procedure probably should have been. It probably, after that meeting, it probably should have been a couple weeks later, maybe a phone call because the pastor told me, what did he say? He said, don't make a decision right now. Yep. I want you to seriously consider it and pray about everything that we've, we've discussed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought, wow, that is very gracious. You know, um, I was like, you know, cause, cause he's not making me to make, to pressuring me into a, a decision to stay or anything like that. He's right. He's very pastoral in that way, in that moment. What should have happened was after maybe two weeks or so, call me and say, hey, man, after our meeting, I just want to touch base, you know, see where you're kind of at in your headspace and things like that, you know, and whatnot. Never got a phone call like that. Instead, just got removed from everything and still to this day haven't heard from them. But then not only that, my wife, who was in the women's group. And that was a big part of her because she had other women that she could lean on. And which is another thing that actually made me mad was they tried to use that against me, you know, trying to say, but what about your wife? If you leave, what about your wife? As though it's your job to disciple my wife, not not mine. Um, But my wife had friendships there Mm -hmm. and now is not a part of any of those. And in fact, she hasn't even heard from any of them. They've never reached out. We're having another baby. She's not heard from any of them. You know, so I've, I'm here. I'm thinking, oh, I thought we were brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm thinking we were not only that, but we're friends, right? Yeah. We've done some life together. Yeah. We're friends. The, the job shouldn't, shouldn't be to empty First Baptist Church down the road. The job should be to empty hell despite where you go to church. Right. Or, or or if you disagree on certain things. But what it really came down to was, well, you're just not clicking how our click is clicking, so you can't be a part of our click anymore. 
you know, that that's pretty much what it was. That's and good. and there you see that that's good. what was taking place at Mars Hill, the clicks. Oh, well, you came against us with this. You disagreed with this. We're just going to kick you out. Yeah. And, and in some of those text messages, I sent, I actually sent them to another, uh, another brother that I trust, you know, in the church. And I said, I said, man, read over this real quick. Right. I didn't, I didn't really say a whole lot. I just said, man, read over this, the, the, this kind of back and forth. What do you think? And the first thing he said was, man, it looks like they're trying to push you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well then I guess I'll go. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Well, man, that, you know, that, that it's coward. It's cowardice, man. It's. Well, what you see again is you see another path. I don't, here, here's another similarity. Right. In, in the way this church started was you, you also see similarities between Saddleback. We looked up places that we thought we could plan a church and we drove through them. And I felt the Holy spirit tingle my leg and say, this is where you should be here. (laughs) So we planted here, you know, but it's like, okay, well, who sent you? And that was one of the questions in the meeting because you and I were talking about planning a church. Right. right. We were talking about planning a church and, you know, I was asked, well, who's sending you out? And I said, great. Well, who sent this pastor out to plant this church? Oh, subject change. Just like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, get away from that because no one sent him out to plant a church. I don't know who discipled him. Yeah. He was in full-time ministry, but that was for, with concert venues and stuff, putting Christian bands together. I don't know who discipled him. And when you look at it, it looks like someone laid hands on him too early, just like Mark Driscoll. And then, and then in the campus pastor, I'm going like, I think you're a great guy. You're a great dad, great husband. Right. But good preacher, good preacher, great preacher. Yeah. Great great preacher. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Great expositor. Okay. Great with the application brings it right to the heart. Um, But pastorally not very good just, you know, kind of seems kind of going through the motions. Um, and, you know, however many vacations you take, I guess that's your business, but, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of actual pastoral experience that, that should have been shown in situations like these. Right. Right. It's, it's very, very similar to Mars Hill. And again, the passage of first Timothy five 22, don't lay hands on someone before their time, before they're ready. Don't send them out because they're not ready. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, there should be, there there should be a a massive, uh, there should be a lot of fruit um, uh, showing, showing humility. Right. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I think and back, not immediately playing the victim when you're confronted with something. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and you, you see that, you see that all throughout, man, all, all throughout the church right now. Um, you, you see, you, you see this, this focus of, of, of self, man, you see this focus of, uh, celebrity culture, you see the focus of accolades and you see, uh, all of this when, when we're called to be, I, I think back to, to Dr. MacArthur's sermon at the she- at shepherd conference in 2019, when, um, he's walking through that and saying first and foremost, that, that pastors and shepherds are to be third level galley slaves, right? 
right? And, and, and uh, I've been to a couple of Acts 29 uh, cohorts. Um, and, you know, the, the, there used to be, I, I, I can't speak to now, uh, but, but there used to be, as of a few years ago, this overemphasis. Uh, I mean, just a massive overemphasis on the lead pastor. Yeah, elevating the lead pastor, serving the lead pastor, uh, especially support staff um, and lead pastor, lead pastor, lead pastor, and this and breaks and sabbaticals and and, and all this stuff. And you've got to serve him and you got to make sure he's good and you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do the other. And, and, and why I agree that that's part of it, but the motivation of the pastor is not what you get out of it. The motivation of the pastor is, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, 1, let a man consider us in this manner as servants of Christ yeah. and stewards of the mysteries of God. Okay, and I'm going to quote Dr. MacArthur from that, uh, 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 from that sermon in 2019. He said this, quote, prominence, publicity, fame, self-importance drives an entire culture forward to, might I say, insanity and hopelessness. Mm -hmm. Humility has no place in the scheme of this world. And sadly, the dominant pride of our culture has spilled over into the church with so many who seek celebrity status. Mm -hmm. And there is a quasi-Christian public that will grant that to them. But the true man of God fights for humility. He fights for humility. The true man of God will choose the hidden path the hidden path of sacrifice, the hidden path of the approval of his Lord, rather than the spotlight or adoration of a carnal crowd, period, close quote. And that's what you see in Mark Driscoll. That's what you see in, in, in some of these, you know, we think back to Josh and I did that episode on church hurt. We've talked about church hurt a few times on matter of theology and the experience that he's had. Um, our, our brother, Brandon Scalf has been through similar experiences with Acts 29 pastors. Yeah. <laughs> Where did Acts 29 start? Mark Driscoll. Just, you know, they cut the head off of the snake of Acts 29, but the venom still flows through the veins, you know, in, in Acts 29. Because, I mean, Steve Timmis was removed, right? Right. right. But a year ago, two years ago, something yeah, like that. Yeah, two years ago. For, for the same stuff. Yeah. For the same stuff. And then yeah. you, you get, you know, things about Acts 29 with, uh, Matt Chandler being yeah. in leadership where you yeah. got people who are, who disagree and then they're fired and then oh, yeah. they, they're made to sign non-disclosure statements. You got Acts 29 now. I mean, now they're woke. Um, Big time. They're not, they're not ashamed about it either. Um, so. Big time, man. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's heartbreaking, man. It, it really is. And, and, and I want to, I want to reiterate what I said earlier. Um, you know, this isn't a this isn't a, a pity party, anything like that. This is just sharing these experiences, and I, I share them, and we share them through the framework and the lens of going, God, we trust in your sovereignty and providence. And and while we're talking about this, while there's a problem, uh, uh, you know, the, the 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 rise and fall of of Mars Hill does highlight um, the toxic, truly toxic leadership that uh, Driscoll and others uh, propagated. Yeah. Um, you know, as 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 pastors and leaders and, and, and brothers and sisters, if you're listening to this and you're in a church where you're seeing some of this stuff take place, um, you know, uh, uh, Peter gives an incredible exhortation to pastors and shepherds and elders 
um, uh, that, 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 that shepherd the flock of God in first Peter chapter five. And, and Peter says, therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and partaker and a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, overseeing not under compulsion, but willingly according to God and not for dishonest gain, but with eagerness, not yet lording it over those allotted to you, but being examples to the flock. What you got, bro? I saw, I saw you. <laughs> Just that lording it over, over them. Right. And, and, you know, one of my, one of my irritations is Acts 29. Right. But, you know, in this meeting I had, one of the things was, was, you know, remember when you were again, talking about lording it over them. Remember when, you know, your son was born or, you know, or you, y'all were about who threw, who threw your wife a baby shower, right? That was an Acts 29 church, you know, who did this, who did that, you know? Oh, you know, my bad. I thought we were, I thought we were all friends or something. (laughs) You know, I didn't, I I didn't know, you know, you were, this was something to hold over my head or whatever. Yeah. Keeping score, you know, but whatever, I guess. Um, Man, there was something else you touched. Oh, okay. In that passage, you're you're talking about with Peter. A church shouldn't take their model from another church that has an unbiblical model. Yeah. Talking about, uh, you know, the idea of executive elders. No such thing board, in scripture. No such thing in scripture, or board of directors that oversee all these things what this what that is bro when i heard that i was like yeah wow yeah so so a church should have elders it is to be governed by a plurality of elders right we see that we see that in titus uh titus is told to go appoint elders why because the church should be governed by a plurality of elders and one of the things that and, and again uh in the the podcast rise and fall of mars hill in the state of emergency, they're talking about, you know, this is just one form of, of many forms of church governance. Okay. There may be many forms, but only one is actually biblical. Right. And, it, and it's, it's governed by a plurality of elders Right. where you have, is it, I don't think it's bad to say senior pastor or no. lead teaching pastor or something like that. I don't, I, I don't think it's bad to put a title on it Same. because, Same. because you should have the first among equals who kind of takes more of that load uh, right. Because your other elders might not be full-time staff. They may be lay elders who work right. other full-time jobs or whatever. But right. Right. So there's nothing wrong with that. But this, this is a biblical model. Uh, appointing elders so that the elders are the governing authority over the church, and they rule according to God's word, right? right? Christ's church is to be governed according to Christ's words. Uh, when you see a place that is appointing executive elders who are over local elders we'll call them all that is is that's called a power play that's a way to maintain power and control because if you can have executive elders that can overrule local elders well then you have no point in having local elders to begin with just have elders over the whole thing you know executive elders over the whole thing um you know all, all your church plants but 
then when you have, say, a board of directors that's comprised of, I don't know, let's just pick someone out of the air. If I pull, put my dad in that position, you know, or I don't know, let's pull another person out of the air, uh, my college professor, you know, who really likes me, um, what is that? All that is is just a way for me to make, make sure that I get what I want when I want it. Because if, if my local elders aren't going to give it to me, then we got to take it to the executive elders. And if the executive elders don't give it to me, well, I know my daddy's going to give me what I want. Right. You know, so it's like, it's just a way for me to maintain power over everything. Um, so anytime you see a place that has executive elders, that's unbiblical. Or a board of directors. Uh, and, and the reason that I'm going to jump in real quick, bro. Uh, the reason that that's unbiblical, uh, I, I, we could take it back to the passage I just read in first Peter five. The reason that's unbiblical is because Peter's saying, shepherd the flock of God among you, right, right? among you. So if you have you have one church, multiple locations, and you have executive elders that are making decisions for the entity, the enterprise, the brand, if you will, of whatever the business, right, of, of the church, then, but here's the problem. How, and you don't, you don't give that, um, that, 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 that ability, I don't want to say control, but you don't give that ability to local elders who are doing the work of discipling, according to the scriptures, those in their care, shepherding to, uh, shepherd there in the Greek um, is, is an important word, right? To tend to, to govern. Literally, that's what that translates into. So it, how can executive elders do that not knowing their people, right? Not knowing where their sheep are, not knowing what they're going through, what they're walking through. Um, they're not able to do that. The whole concept of having executive elders and a board of directors that's made up of people that you've appointed or people that know you or people and or people that you know are not going to challenge you. Right. Then again, you've succumbed to your own pride. You're not being a slave of Christ. You're being a slave to, I have to control this. I need, this is mine. This is mine. Nobody, no, get out of here. This is mine. I'm five again. This is mine. Right. No. This is what no. I do. Shepherd, tend to the, 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 the flock of God among you. Now, again, among in the, in the Greek is within, on, at, by, like near you uh, in, and here's the key, in my father's house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In my father's house, God's house, Christ's church, not yours. Right. Christ's church, not yours. You can't do that. Having, well, the local elders will report to the executive elders, but the executive elders have to say so. No, then the local elders shouldn't be there. If you don't trust them to shepherd the flock of God among them where they are, why are they elders? Right, right. Yeah. And this, the, it, this isn't the same as, say, a presbytery in the Presbyterian church. Right, correct. Good point. This isn't the same because a, presbyt- a presbytery, one, they have, ro- they have rotations. Right. Not the same people are going to be presby- uh, in the presbytery all the time uh, so that it's almost like this dictatorship or monarchy or, or whatever of, of these people. They're, they're rotated out, and, but also they're elected by other pastors and, and presbyters. Uh, but their goal is to govern and just make sure everything's just OK. Right. 
you know, they, they don't take authority from, from the elders of those church nope. churches that there's someone that if, if say that, say the local elders are really having a problem, say they have a problem with a guy or something in their church or whatever. And they, yeah. they may come and say, say, Hey, to the presbytery, we're going to put this guy on church discipline because of this is and this and the presbytery, you know, they'll listen and they'll go, they'll either go, okay. Or they may just say, um, you, you know, what about this? What about that? Throw suggestions out, but, but they're not going to usurp authority from those elders. So it's not the same as, as a presbytery. I've heard some no, people yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really not. No, no. I mean, it, a good point, brother. Good point. Um, and, and, and going back to, to first Peter five, uh, you know, Peter says to exercise oversight, right. Right? overseeing, shepherd the flock of God among you, overseeing, uh, oversight there is, is observe, examine, Right. Again, how can you do that? How can a board of directors who's never there, how right. can an uh, executive elders who don't go to that campus or aren't involved there, how can they, tr- yes, they can to a degree, but, but when you look at, uh, again, scripture uses the example of a shepherd mm-hmm. tending to, walking with, in proximity to, right? right? You, 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 can't, you can't do that. Right. How many churches did Marcel have? They had, oh, bro, I, I don't had, know, like, a lot, is it, like 15 or something, may yeah, not have been that like that. high, but no, it was, it was, I, I want, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was double digits. I'm pretty sure yeah. I, I don't know. So, so, so they had a lot, but then when you have this idea of executive elders, you know, kind of what you're talking about, if I've got, we're in Georgia, right? So, so all my Georgia folks, you know, you'll understand this, right? If I'm, if I'm in Cartersville, if I've planted a church in Cartersville, that's, that's grown, but I've also planted a church, let's say in South Forsyth, right? And I've got executive, well, the executive elders don't live in Forsyth. Right. But then say, I've also got another church in Norcross and then another church in Douglasville, right? right? I, the people don't live there. Right. So there's no way for me to possibly actually observe these people's lives of who I'm supposed to be an elder over. So right. I can't speak into that. So I have no business actually taking authority from, from, from an elder that's actually there, that's actually doing life with those people. Right. Right. Well, and, and here's, you know, here, here, here's some, some would ask, okay, so, so what would, what would be a, a good model in that way? I mean, let's say you wanted to have one church, but two locations. So, and you wanted it to be under the same name or same brand. Again, branding is not bad. Yeah. You can have a, you know, one church named here and one church named here and it's the similar names. So, but, but here's, Biblically, how that should work, it should be autonomous, the, the, the church plant should be an autonomous plant with elders that have complete ability to exercise all oversight over that flock. Now, where the sending church elders come in is those elders pastor and shepherd the other elders. There's accountability. There's, there's walking with them in proximity, shepherding them, being ac- accountability to one another right? Um, you both are, are, are equal as far as office and authority, but you're there. You're walking with those elders, their families. Um, how are things going? Do you need any advice? Because I've been doing this long, you know, wh- whatever the case may be. But, but no, I, that, that whole concept that, that you see that, that sprung from, uh, and it didn't just start with Mars Hill. I, 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 I want to say in the podcast, they reference actually kind of where, where that concept came from. Um, yeah. You know, they because they, they they reference a lot of like uh, Willow Creek yeah. and Paul Hybels and yep, yep, yep. well. Yep, yep. 
so 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 yeah it's i, I mean you just, well, let me let me throw another example in there what you got bro um anthony Matheny is a pastor in Virginia, right? Radford, Virginia, Christ Church, Radford. Right. Well, Anthony Mathenia was discipled under a man named John Snyder, who is yeah. Christ Church, New Albany. So again, we see the we, we see the same church name, um, uh, different di- different locations, but but at the same time, there it's not one entity, right? right. It, it's so Anthony preaches his own sermon series, does his mm-hmm. own his his own teachings, and John does his own teachings. There's another guy that that John raised up, discipled and sent out a guy named Jordan Thomas, which I think Jordan Thomas is uh, well, <laughs> you, you don't hear a lot about him or, or find a lot of his sermons, but the guy is a dynamite preacher. Oh, yeah. um, I think he's a great mixture of both Anthony and John. <laughs> uh, mm. But but his church is is something completely other names, something completely other, but he does his own series and titles and his own work, whatever. But um but John discipled both of these guys, sent them out to plant churches and they did. And, you know, Paul Washer sits under the the teaching and leadership and submits himself to the elders of Anthony Methenia and and Christ Church Radford. Um, I mean, and this is Paul Washer we're talking about, right? Yeah, no, right. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine me, you know, this is Anthony Methenia, Paul Washer's pastor. Whoa. (laughs) Well, bro, um, man, anything else about this? And we talked about the importance of not being a yes man. We talked about the crassness coming from the pulpit. Um, you know, uh, we talked about the passive aggressive leadership. Um, yeah, is there anything you know, else? Man? One, of the, one of the things that, that does, and this gets back to the whole click mentality that really just irritates me is when pastors don't think that they can lock arms with other local pastors, right? I was having, I was having coffee with a a pastor, a local pastor the other day, and he had been trying to get with this pastor that I was formerly under for a while. I mean, a while, just, just to, just, just to, you know, be friends. Right. Right. And and stuff, you know, because the church I'm going to is, is, is still a church plant, a young church plant. Yeah. And, and the pastor that I'm sitting under great, man. I mean, we, we, we differ differ on some different things um, on on some, on some, and that's okay. That's okay, man. Like I got no problem with it. The, the, the guy really, you can tell has a call to pastor and he takes it seriously. Yeah, he does. But trying to get in contact with this other pastor just to lock arms, you know, couldn't get a couldn't get a a text back, you know, except for when I was I was a guest preacher at this church and to say, hey, is is Drew preaching at your church? Yeah, he is. You know, (laughs) you know, he didn't reach out to me and say, hey, man, good luck. You know, not good luck, but, you know, right, right. Pray for you, man. Hope it goes well for you, you know, whatever. But, you know. So, but, you know, at this, what's really funny is at this breakfast, sitting to, to my left, his right, is another local pastor. And I'll tell you, it's a pastor that I put in application or sent a resume in for the associate pastor position of, and I had, I actually just met him right there. Like, wow. <laughs> uh, wow. wow. yeah. So it, it was really funny. 
And so, uh, but you know, the pastor I've, I've been sitting under, you know, and he knows all this, right. right, right. There, there's no secret. Nope. So, so, but that pastor heard us talking about ministry stuff and he comes over and introduces himself. And well, now what he wants to have, he's, he and I are supposed to have lunch in a week or two. And then he and that other pastor exchange numbers just so they can get together. And yeah. right. The, we want to take Cartersville for Christ, you know, right. <laughs> like, right. That, that's my town I live in. And, and, and we've got a lot of churches here that don't teach the gospel that need, uh, the gospel. Yeah. but, but what do we need? We need men that preach the gospel to lock arms and say, okay, we're taking Cartersville. You know, you take the North end, I'll take the South, you take the East and, and, and we'll converge in the middle, you know, and we'll, we'll transform the city. But right. that gets back. If you're, if your pride says, no, I can't lock arms with another pastor. That's my competition. I'm sorry, but you don't need to be a pastor anymore. Nope. Nope. No, absolutely not, man. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously there are, uh, you don't, you don't want to fall into the ditch or let the pendulum swing too far either way. Right. You don't want to partner with, uh, with, with false teachers, false right. churches, right. pull up, pull a Francis Chan, right. With, uh, with, with yeah. Todd white, or, I mean, e- even what Driscoll did with, uh, with, with Rick Warren Rick and Warren. others and, um, you know, uh, you, you got to be careful, but man, if, if your goal is the unadulterated gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, um, you know, wh- 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 why would you not want to do that? And, right. and uh, wh- why, why, why would, would you not want to connect? Yeah. And, why would and I not want to have a support system in my own town. Of, right. Like, right. Like, there are pastors who are dealing with some of the same things and same struggles that I can lean on. Right. Or if I, if I have a question and, you know, Hey brother, can you pray with me? You know, we have a situation right. in our church, you know, have you dealt with anything like that, brother? Can you, can you pray with me real quick? You know about that? You know? Well, cause when you don't do that, the perception becomes, the perception becomes, well, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach out. I, I don't hear from so-and-so unless it benefits them. Right. 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 And, and, and le- unless they get something out of it. Um, or, you know, and it doesn't matter what that is, but, um, you've received a couple of those, right? Yeah. I'm not going to return Chris's texts or calls or emails, but I need something from him. So I'm going to show up at his work. Yeah. Yeah. I I need something. Yeah. I need something related to to Apple. So I'm going to show up at your work if I need to buy, buy something or get something fixed. And, um, it's like, okay, well, no. (laughs) <laughs> it's like i mean while you're here did you have a chance to peruse my text messages that i sent you yeah over the last yeah nine was, months? yeah exactly so um but but yeah i mean it, it, look guys it, it it's it is one of those things that uh we are grateful for god's long suffering with each of us um and 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 again our goal isn't to tear down we're just sharing experiences um this isn't and just by the way because some people will probably hear this and go oh they're gossiping no this is actually called testimony yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. because because i'm not talking about someone else i'm talking about my personal experience with right right right. so as long as i'm talking about my personal experience it's not gossip it's testimony Right, right, and we're not we're not talking about anyone. Uh, I mean, I guess we're referencing actions of those individuals, but um, um, but we're just just trying to state facts. 
Um, and, 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 and the me- reason we're not naming names is because, and that was one of the things you and I talked about, right? We did yep. name, names or not. And what did I say? I said, man, I want to be graceful and show love to those who have not shown love to us. So yeah, I no. don't want to name names, no. but I'm, but, but actions do need to be talked about. Um, Absolutely. Pertains to leadership like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and, and the goal and the reason for that is if, if there's one person mm-hmm. uh, that the Lord um, graciously, uh, uh, I mean, uses this, this conversation to, uh, to equip them and to warn them uh, and, and to, and to noticing and using some discernment and noticing some things that are going on around them. And, and if it saves them some hurt, some heartache, or uh, helps sharpen a relationship that you may have with a pastor, elder, leader, whatever the case may be, um, then praise the Lord. That that's the goal. That's the goal. It's not to it's not to call names. It's not to it's not to make fun of. It's not to think that we have it all together and that that, that we would do things perfectly every time if we were in that position. Absolutely not. Because what um, do I know except everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) but I I will say, you know, also, you know, don't be afraid if you've got a first Corinthians five situation, don't be afraid to say, Hey, this is a first Corinthians five situation. And we need to put these people out of the church. Yeah. That's something I'm just going to throw that out as a, as a bonus. Yeah. You know, that, but I'm, I, I'm, it just, it doesn't need to be discussed, but just, right. Right. There's a lot of there's, there's biblical situations that need to be handled biblically. Um, and so don't be the yes man that just says, well, we're going to err on the side of grace because that's actually not gracious to a lot of people. And it's, and it's actually bypassing the word of God. Um, so don't be a yes man. Um, Err, but erring also, on the, oh, sorry, buddy. Go ahead. Well, well, I was just going to say, you know, we understand there's no perfect church. No, um, no. there's no, there's absolutely no perfect leadership, right? As long as, as long as fallible man is placed in leadership positions, he's going to be, he's going to sin and he's going to come up short, but we also have to humble ourselves. And, and when someone says, Hey, you've erred here, um, even as a leader, you know, we don't, we don't shun them. We don't kick them out. We don't, you know, just because you disagree with us or whatever, especially if someone's coming from a biblical position, we need to actually say, okay, well, this is what scripture says. Let's actually, you know, let's actually sit and talk about these things. If I'm an elder that someone's bringing things to my attention, I probably need to go have a talk with some of the other elders and say, we need to address these things. And if that means having this pastor step down for a little bit, and so we can, we can disciple him. um, Then that, then that needs to be, you know, we're not saying nothing. There's nothing. There's, I don't think there's anything Mark Driscoll. Um, I think obviously there was sin, but I, I don't think there's anything that he couldn't have been restored to the pulpit for. Agreed. I think he, I think very much so he could have been restored to the pulpit. Um, and, and just, uh, you know, and, and that extends to other pastors like that across, across the board, uh, right. that, that we've kind of been referencing that, you know, but, but, but there's things that, you just got to say, okay, this is what scripture says. This we're not doing it according to scripture. We need to get back to scripture. Yeah. And we need to do it that way. And we don't need to change things like Mars Hill. You know, you hear it in the state of emergency where we're advocating for 
for the mutual submission of elders to one another, right? It, it seemed like it started out as a very biblical thing, but then once the bylaws started changing to an unbiblical model, giving authority right. to places where it didn't need to be a given authority so that more right. people could maintain control. And then you see other churches modeling that as well. Uh, no, we need to rein that in and we need right. to go back to scripture and say, okay, this is what scripture does. We need to scrap all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and all of our, all of our elders, all of our pastors, we need to get our pride in check and realize that this isn't about me. Like you're not the guy that just goes, well, I don't do counseling. I just focus on preaching. No, you're the pastor. You're the shepherd. You tend to the sheep, all pastors, right? If, if you, if you are an elder, you're a pastor which means you tend to the sheep, you tend to the broken, you tend to the hurting, you tend to those who, who, who are even, you check those who even seem to be joyful. You, you check them, you check them for dangerous ticks and fleas and, and right, all these other things that can latch on to a seemingly healthy sheep. Mm-hmm. You constantly check on those things because that's the job of a shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so, so let me, let me say, I mean, you said a lot there. So, um, first and foremost, erring on the side of grace always is being obedient to the scriptures. Right, right. Erring on the side of grace is always being obedient to the scriptures. If you are saying you're erring on the side of grace, uh, yet you don't uh, take proper action when uh, when there is a flagrant um, and, and, and gross sin, uh, that has resulted in crimes being committed against another member of your church, and you don't uh, take proper action, contacting the authorities, removing uh, certain people, discipling those people, uh, you know, wh- whatever the case may be, all, all for the, we're going to err on the side of grace. We're going to do, you know, no, 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 no. Erring on the side of grace is, 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 is being obedient to the scriptures and protecting the flock given to you. Um, I'll say that, you know, as I won't go into any more detail there. Um, uh, and then, you know, lead, lead pastor, senior pastor, uh, elders, um, your responsibility um, is you're the lead slaves. You are the lead slaves submitting yourself to Christ and, and to the weak you're becoming weak and, and you have become a slave to all that you may win more. Being a pastor and elder, uh, there should be no pride there. Now, now, again, we any of us who have ever uh, uh, donned any or, or you know any any platform, uh, whether that be playing music like I have, preaching, um, you know, you're going to wrestle. You're going to wrestle with pride. You will. It, it's 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 a it's a fact. You absolutely will. Um, but we're called. Uh, Paul said, "Follow me as I follow Christ." Paul said to mortify the, sin, the, the, the deeds of the flesh, to kill them, go to war with your flesh and cultivate and, 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 and not just a, an, outward, uh, uh, an outward showing of humility, but an inward living of humility to where, to where as Dr. MacArthur said, that we, we fight for humility um, inwardly, inwardly, knowing that. And, and that's, that, that's where not having a man-centered worldview will help you. That, that's where having a, 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 a biblically regulated worldview will help you. Knowing that, 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 that you, are, you, are, you are 
nothing without Christ, that you are one breath away, uh, as Jonathan Edwards said, and, and sinners in the hands of an angry God, of, of, of the Lord just releasing you into the pits of hell because of your sin. And that you understand that everything you have, it, every good and perfect gift, James 1.17, comes from above, from our Heavenly Father in light, so it does not change like the shifting of shadows. You know, so you're the, you have to approach it in that way. Because if you don't, pride will consume you. If you don't, you'll, you'll end up struggling with the things that Driscoll struggled with and that we hear about in the rise and fall of Mars Hill. You'll struggle with some of the things that we've talked about. You will struggle with, with making it all about you and putting people around you and, and protective measures in place uh, to where there's zero accountability to you. You will fall into the trap of doing what you do for, as, as Peter said, uh, NASB says sordid gain. LSB says dishonest gain, where it becomes all about what you get. It becomes about the money. It becomes about, hey, we're, we're, we're going to stay a part of this church planning network, and we're going to stay a part of, of, of this denomination. Why? Kashishe, right? It, it becomes all about the money. The money has become your God, not the God of Scripture. You are regulated by, by the finances and, and, and what that's going to look like instead of being regulated by the Word of God. So, man, I... You know, it's one of those things that we say often, Drew and I are not pastors. We are not elders. Um, uh, do, do we feel that call and that pull on our lives? Absolutely, we do. But we recognize that we are not there. Um, uh, we, we understand that. Um, but, at, at, you know, at the same time, it, 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 it doesn't mean that we can't talk about this. It doesn't mean that we can't have these conversations. You, as, uh, as a layperson in your church, if you see some of these things that you're having issues with, and concerns about doesn't mean you can't go talk to your pastors and elders. It doesn't mean you can't do that. You absolutely can, and you should. Um, so, so, so just, just remember that. Um, uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. Uh, yeah. I'll just kind of end with, by saying, uh, every Christian, every pastor, every elder, every deacon has the uh, ability to become a Mars or, or to become a Mark Driscoll. Yeah. Uh, the real question is, what are you doing to make sure that you're not? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. who killed Mars Hill? God did. So God that did. one's for uh, that one's for Christianity Today. Uh, research that one. You know, if you if you would like. Um, you know, if you just you know, reading the Bible here. Just, just read Revelation. Just start reading Revelation. You won't get far. Yeah. You will not get far. So, uh, man, well, brother, thank you so much uh, for, for, for coming on and, and having a conversation. Uh, and that's what it was. Uh, if you've gotten this far, uh, we didn't have any notes. We were just we we're just having a conversation. Just having a convo. Uh, this is this is what we do on Marco Polo every day. anyway. So, um. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to get out of here. And uh, thank you so much for listening to Matter of Theology. We will catch you on the next one.